Good morning and welcome everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning Lyle, it's so good to have you back. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <coughs> 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 Only just here. <coughs> <yeah. coughs> yeah, I'm here. Well, we better thank your, the God listeners. God is good. Better thank the listeners for having prayed. Yes, Very absolutely. Much appreciate really appreciate your prayers. Actually, what are you grateful for this morning? My bed. Yeah, I can imagine. My bed has been my friend, um, <clears throat> my very good friend over the last 24 hours or so. Oh, you poor little sod. Do you know what I'm grateful for? What? You know how I'm supposed to be going to Germany for this wedding where I'm a bridesmaid in a couple of months' time. Uh-huh. And I'm a little bit stressed about all the expenses and everything. And I thought I had to renew both my passports, my German and my Australian passport to do this trip. It's going to uh, cost you like gonna, five, six hundred bucks? Oh, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. And then yesterday I was flicking through, um, I was doing the Australian passport application form and I quickly referred to my German passport for some info and noticed I'm actually mistaken. I have another year year on my German passport so I'm super relieved don't have to pay for that don't have to deal with that because it's so much more hassle to renew a foreign passport in another country so very grateful for that <sighs> I'm feeling a bit scared this morning why because for our listeners you don't know this but Mon has brought her nine millimeter to work I did and I've got to tell you she really knows how to use it and the reason I know I'm very this quick on it she's very quick with the nine mil um, and the reason I know this is because she's been using it during the radio show because this is the delayed broadcast and it's already happened uh-huh. and we have survived. Yes, only just <laughs> survived my nine millimeter, nine millimeter. But yeah, we, this is actually the delayed broadcast introduction, dear listener, and you are listening to the delayed show, which means we've done this on the 27th of July and who knows when you're listening to it because... Who knows when the delayed broadcast goes up. Okay, but you better tell us about your 9 mil. Okay, it's, it's a hook. It's, <laughs> it's a crochet hook, similar to a knitting needle, and I've been busily crocheting a scarf that we're going to be giving away on air next week sometime. Well, actually, this week sometime. And here, we, here everybody was just having these visions in their head of something else. Yeah, that's right. Why were you thinking that? Oh, gee, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to jump across to the live show, and the live show, I guarantee it's better because on the live show you can snap up this beautiful electric blue scarf that I'm crocheting live on air on the show on the breakfast show during the breakfast show which you can't do when you listen to delayed broadcast so the way to do that is either to go to faithfm.com.au press play on the live stream or they can download that app Mm-hmm. The yeah, TuneIn app, it's free to download. Just search for Faith FM Australia and press play. You'll get perfect signal wherever you are as long as you have some Wi-Fi. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing And the melody 
that he gave to me is in my heart. Just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, nobody else has ever known. listening to Daniel Martin Moore with In the Garden and as we begin our breakfast show as we always do in the morning we have a quiz for you with a clue I have made this a hard one why not yesterday was super easy but today I'm not letting up I don't care that it's Friday that our brains are all turning mush that you have the flu I am no mercy today (laughs) this is a hard one yeah bring it on Mon bring it on jump on Instagram our handle is faithfmlive all lowercase all one word because the first three clues are already up on our Insta story if you're not sure how Insta story works it's not like a regular post you just press your finger on our profile picture and and a story will pop up and start playing and that's where you can find the first three clues. But today's quiz is a what city am I? The first clue is, this is where the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. I thought it was going to be a hard one. Oh, ha ha. How can you get this even though you have like the flu and you're sitting there looking like you're half dead? Yeah, that one. I got, <laughs> got that one. Got that one. If you know the answer. No, that only one prize today. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call if you know the answer. You can, of course, text us 0491-064-669 or contact us through any of our socials, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. If you get it right, we will send you the prize. Lyle. Yes. I have so much good news happening today. Good. But first of all, I want to talk about the good news that we ourselves are helping generate. Oh, well, yes, our birthday party. Our 10th birthday party. We are 10 years old. We are 10 years old. <laughs> doing pretty all right for 10 yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> it is Faith FM's 10th anniversary and we are having a big old party to celebrate to which all our listeners are invited. All you need to do is come along. Uh, it is tomorrow mm-hmm. starting at 9.30 a.m. and it is at the Nunna Wadding um, Seventh Day Adventist Church, which mm-hmm. is down in Victoria. So, Lionel, I catch you know, in flight. Victoria, this only applies to people from Geelong. 
Geelong. Oh, really? Because yeah. okay. everybody else down there is getting the delayed broadcast. Well, I'm sure they would have heard then um, so on yesterday's broadcast. For those of you getting the delayed broadcast, remember to listen to us live at faithfm.com.au or via the tune Yes, app. yes. Well, if you if it's not the 28th tomorrow, then don't worry. But we but expect it, to see lots of people from Geelong there. Yes, yeah. The 28th of July, um, 9.30 in the morning at Nana Wadding Seventh-day Adventist Church. The address is 169. Uh, Central Road, Nana Wadding. And so, if hey, maybe if you're in New South Wales and you feel like going to Melbourne for the weekend, come along anyway. Absolutely. Or, or WA or, or Australia. Darwin or Papua New Guinea. Who knows? Just, <laughs> you're only 4Ks away from the mainland. Iceland. <laughs> yeah, just jump on a plane now. Get a Concord. They're still happening, right? <laughs> but you can come along. It's going to be a great day. Uh, Lyle and I will be taking the morning service. We'll be doing a live breakfast show. And uh, we'll have the Aussie preacher, Lloyd Grolleman, there as well. So he'll be um, doing the sermon. And um, we're going to be having uh, gospel music and, and uh, Faith FM testimonies. So a bit of a concert. It's going to be great. And then, of course, we have our big pot like lunch. Did you tune yesterday listen to the show, Lyle? I didn't. Oh, okay, well, Lyle, um, Lyle, Lawson I and I suffered in silence. Yeah, good. No, <laughs> Lawson and I talked at length about the joy of potluck and what potluck was because some people don't even know what potluck is. I think it's a terrible name. Call it fellowship. Lunch. I know, but do you potluck know what? Is like you, Western um, Australians don't call it potluck. What do they call it? Uh, we call it basket lunch. And it wasn't until I came over here only ten years ago that I heard the phrase potluck. Well, I never grew up with potluck either. Um, down in Tasmania. I don't even remember what we called it down there, but I think we just called it like church lunch or something or other. Yeah, church lunch. I learned the word potluck when I went to the United States. Yeah, such a such an American word, isn't it? And, 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 and that was when I was 20 years old. And it was just like, what kind of a word is this? It's like... It sounds you put, treacherous. You put your hand in the basket and pull out some food and wonder what you're going to get and it might be good and it might not be. You, know, yeah. you put your hand in the pot and just it sounds treacherous, what, whatever it? comes out of that pot. Is, no, it sounds it's tense, but sounds it's the best. Risky. It sounds a bit Fellowship risky. lunch is the best. Yeah, and it's not it's not like a lucky dip at all. It's basically like a smorgasbord. You turn up and there's a banquet buffet and you can walk along. You can see what you're going to get. It's not like put your hand in here and see what comes out. <laughs> it's not like that at all. So uh, Lawson and I did talk at length about um, <coughs> the delights and the wonders of potluck. And uh, there will be a potluck lunch as well. So we're really Very looking good. forward to having you all there. 9.30, Nana Wadding, 7th Adventures Church, 169 Central Road, Nana Wadding. Do come along and we would love to have you there. Lyle, I have something else that's really good I want to tell you. you got a whole bag full of stuff here. I What's that all about? A bag full of stuff. Here a this. plastic bag. Oh, right. Ooh, plastic bag. Yeah, keep that Russell, for Russell, a Russell. museum piece. Remember a couple of weeks ago you challenged me to on-air crochet a scarf that we would then give away as a prize? <gasps> Oh. So I finally got delivered to me the wool that I ordered for it because I wanted to order this special wool because it is uh, it is it's real amazing. wool. It's a European wool and it's I, I think I've stripy. Yeah, it's blue. It's like electricy kind of blue. It's beautiful. I'm gonna put a picture up on it on our socials, and I, I think this will go well for both men and women. So that's why I wanted to aim for sort of like a, a neutral yeah, in between. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a beautiful scarf. I'm gonna start making this on air. When it's finished, then we're going to start taking calls and we're going to give away and do something special. So I just wanted to show that to you, Lyle. That, that's very Isn't cool. That it looks nice? it looks like real wool, but it's super, super soft. Super soft. It looks like real wool has just come off a, off a spinning wheel, you know? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And you know how that kind of wool can be a little bit oily and sheepy? Uh-huh. This, uh-huh. Is, this is super soft. It's, it's not oily at all. And... Uh, 
Yeah, it's sort of got that, you know, that variation in thickness mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. get coming off a spinning wheel. It's going to make a really, really lovely scarf. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Jump, on our, jump on our socials. It's be thick and warm. I'm going to put that up in a couple of minutes and you can have a look and see whether or not you think you might like a scarf like that. You better knit fast, Mon. You know oh, why? Oh, don't worry. Why? The, winter's almost over. Winter's almost over. I know. It took a long time for it to get here. I ordered it straight away, but it's just taking a long time to get to me. I don't know why. I think they stuffed something up at the place. Anyway, Lyle. You have so much good news and you have like four minutes to get through it. I, I'm going to tell you, I've been saving this story for you to come back because I knew that you would love this story, Lyle. It's so cool. Okay, you ready? <laughs> okay, so do you know um, a couple of years ago, your wife and I went on a little trip over to America. We went to Mount Hood in Oregon. Yes. Amazing place. Absolutely love it. One of the best trips I've ever done. Company really makes all the difference, I tell you what. Anyway, uh, there's a bit of a sad story, but it ha- has a happy ending. So, a group of rescuers um, pulled off quite a daring extraction operation uh, earlier um, this week as a means of saving an endangered climber. So, it was a 27-year-old Texan man. He'd climbed to the summit of Mount Hood, uh, which is you know, covered in snow and everything. And uh, he'd actually been planning on taking um, his life. So, he had brought along an excess of medication and he wanted to um, commit suicide. But upon making it to the top of the mountain, however, he changed his mind. Praise the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I'm sure something about the surrounding nature and the majesty of the view had something to do with that. The exercise, the fresh air mm-hmm. outside is a very, very powerful yes, antidepressant. Absolutely. It gets all the natural endorphins rolling. Anyway, the problem was that now that he got into the top, he couldn't get down again. Um, he couldn't get down on his own because he'd done such a treacherous climb thinking, I don't need to come back down this way because it's going to be it for me. And uh, and so he actually had to call for help. And uh, the rescue squadron from the Oregon National Ar- uh, Army National Guard arrived by helicopter to help. I have a video of this. You're going to love this, Lyle. This is going to be so up your man boat. Um, and then the conditions were really risky and due to the warm weather, there was an abundance of avalanches um, and the rocks and the ice were prone to falling. Uh, so the pilots managed to pull off a pinnacle landing at 11,000 feet. If you're not sure what that means, it means they parked the rear two wheels of a Chinook helicopter on the mountainside while the other two wheels were still flying in the air. Oh, they literally like got to be joking they, they, me. they just shoved the butt of the helicopter against the mountain yeah, yep. so the rescuers could board the aircraft by plank. Yep. But the frightening thing is the unusual positioning meant that the helicopter's rotors were at chest height rather than far above their heads. So because of the angle, they had to crawl out just to get underneath the rotor blades. Like they were just under the rotor blades. Um, it's, which they said they said it's kind of surreal, but you just have to trust that the pilots know what they're doing. And uh, <laughs> oh, I'm you're gonna, joking! Here's a picture of it. Can you see how? Uh-huh, it, isn't uh-huh. it just insane? And like yep. you couldn't land that thing because if you put the front wheels down, he would oh, just yeah. he'd <laughs> cause an avalanche. It's like the side of a cliff. Almost. Yeah, he'd be like a sled just boom straight down that mountain. <clears throat> it's like a lot steeper than 45 degrees, oh. and it's all ice and snow. It's all ice and snow. So he'd be causing an avalanche or just bobsledding that helicopter straight down the mountain and into disaster. Um, so uh, thankfully, everyone it out safely and the whole rescue operation took about 30 minutes uh, which was from takeoff um, to landing and, uh, and, the, and the climber was praise the Lord loaded into an ambulance and taken to the hospital but I just I think this is incredible that yeah, people I have to I have to I have to just toss this out there at the moment because when you're that close to a cliff face mm-hmm. you're going to and at that altitude you're going to have movement of air you're going to have turbulence yes. yep. um, and in those kind of conditions where it's a very warm day Mm-hmm. And you've got that hot air that's rising, and you've got that um, snow that it's, the sun is reflecting off. You can have turbulence. Yeah, yeah. And so here you've got a helicopter where your rear rotors are four feet, you know, um, twelve hundred millimeters from the ground, 
and you're dealing with turbulence and you've got to climb underneath those whirling rotors to get down there. Isn't it just so amazing that this we have people like this that exist? That is phenomenal. Like I'm so grateful that people like that, like heroes like that are out there rescuing <laughs> people. Like I didn't know a pinnacle landing was a thing. I'm, I'm very grateful to God actually that these people have these kind of skills and that they use them for the rescue of other humans. So yeah. Absolutely. Hey, if you know a hero, thank them today. It's not just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not all about the angels who sing for him that day. It's not all about the shepherds on the bright and shining star. It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have a life someday. It's about the
You're listening to the Ball, Bar- Ball Brothers. It's about the cross here on Faith FM, and we have a second clue for our quiz this morning. Yes. What city am I? <coughs> this is where Joab killed Amasa, whom Absalom appointed commander over his army. Mm. You know, I would that? not have got it from that clue. Yeah, that's it's like a super obscure. I don't even I don't even heard of Amasa. I, mean, well, sure I, I know that, I know I know Amasa, and I know that whole story, but. Yeah, interesting. Most interesting. Hey, Lyle, I know it's the current. I would have, I would have picked a different city for that, uh, for that clue from oh, the really? first one. Yeah, well, we should have started with that one then. Maybe. <laughs> I know we just talked about, uh, we've done the good news already, but can I just quickly say another thing that I'm grateful for? Your wife just gave me some beeswax uh, food wraps, like reusable, reusable, cling wrap. reusable glad wrap. It's so disgusting excited. and gross. It's not disgusting. Can't, <coughs> I can't believe you're going to reuse your glad wrap. It's washable, just like a lid of any <laughs> container. Just you want to buy a Bible, mud. man? Uh, yes. Okay. The bidding's starting at 50K. I'll pass. That's a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> the last one of these Bibles that sold went for $75,000. Wow. What's so special about it? Um, this one belonged to the astronaut Edgar Mitchell, and in 1971, on the Apollo 14 mission, he took it to the moon. Well, that's one way to make a Bible really It's kind of small Bible. It's um, 30 millimeters by 30 millimeters. And paper thin. Do you know if I if I didn't know that's so what it takes to make a Bible? So you know worth <laughs> worth a lot. I would just take a whole stack of Bibles <laughs> to the moon if I was an astronaut and then come so back it was and a sell micro, them. It's a microfilm Bible. Oh, and uh, because of course that was the technology back in 1971 before they had um, you know USB sticks and that kind of thing. Uh huh. Um, he was the landing module commander, and it was produced by the Apollo Prayer League, of which Edgar Mitchell was a member. Now the Apollo Prayer League was founded by John uh, Stout uh, after a friend of his, uh, Edward White, died in the Apollo 1 disaster when it oh. exploded on the um, on launch. Yeah, yeah. And so he formed this particular prayer league and it was made up of, you know, NASA. Well, it, it is made up of NASA scientists and, um, you know, people involved in space travel. And they get together regularly to pray and to pray for... Uh, their missions and safety of their astronauts and all this kind of thing. And so mm. this Bible belonged to uh, Edgar Mitchell and it went to the moon. Wow. But did you know mm. that <coughs> while we're talking about it, there's been quite a few Bibles that have gone to the moon or to the International Space Station uh, or to space in general because it is quite common for astronauts to be very devout Christians. How about that? Yeah. I mean, In fact, there's a whole website out there dedicated to... Um, calling on NASA to put a muzzle on their um, astronauts for talking about Christianity and, in particular, creationism. But how can you how can you deny it when you're up there? You're looking at that sky. You're and this is the thing. Space. This is this is what's happening. These these guys are obviously experts in their field, and they and they and they are surrounded by. You know, they they get a view of the creation of mm. God, and they understand. You know the 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 um, the, the mathematical impossibilities of of evolution probably better than anybody else. And so, yeah, that it creates a problem. And, of course, there's um, all these guys out there like, oh, NASA shouldn't be letting their you know, astronauts t- talk about God and talk about creation. But I thought I might just do a bit of a run-through of some of the ones that have uh, been involved in, you know. Yeah, and um, I really hope they don't get muzzled because I think that's a freedom of speech <coughs> for sure. Yeah, well, uh, astronaut Charles Duke made this statement. He says, I used to say I could live 10,000 years and never have an experience as thrilling as walking on the moon. But the excitement and satisfaction of that walk doesn't be- 
begin to compare with my walk with Jesus. Oh, a walk that lasts forever. Isn't that a great that statement a right there? That's a beautiful statement. For somebody that's actually walked on the moon. Um, of course, Neil Armstrong, who was the first man to walk on the moon, said to those of you who have advocated looking high, we owe our sincere gratitude for you have granted us the opportunity to see some of the grandest views of the Creator. Wow. Now, did you know that Buzz Aldrin... Mm-hmm. And Neil Armstrong, do you know what they did just before they stepped out of the lander module and made the first steps on the moon? Did they pray? They had communion. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Buzz Aldrin um, organized it with his local church back home, and it was actually coordinated with his local church, and they had communion at his local church at the same time. Uh huh. And he was given permission to take a you know, small piece of bread uh-huh. and a, a small, um, you know, a couple of drops of wine. And so the first food eaten and the first liquid ever poured on the moon was a symbol of the blood of Jesus Christ and a symbol of the body of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That was the first meal ever eaten on the moon was a communion service. Isn't that special? I'm so grateful that he did that. that that's, yeah. yeah, that he wanted to I'm just God. disappointed we don't hear more about this yeah, kind of thing. You know? I had no idea. <coughs> Astronaut John Glenn said, to look out at this kind of creation and not believe in God is to me Impossible. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys have just had the most outstanding, outstanding uh, experiences imaginable. You think actually to deny <coughs> God after having seen all that, there's something like even more wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Jack uh, Luzma uh, wrote about his experience in outer space and uh, being in zero gravity. And the challenge of maintaining his daily Bible reading routine. Of course, by the time that he went there in 1983, they were able to carry a little bit more weight and so they could take real Bibles rather than um, just microfish Bibles. (laughs) Um, Two of the astronauts who died when uh, Columbia crashed in 2003, Rick Husband and Michael Anderson, were members of the same church in Texas. Um, And their pastor said that, you know, they would rarely actually ever mention that they were astronauts because they much preferred to tell people about Jesus Christ. Oh, amen. You know, they would they would just sort of rather uh, keep it to themselves. Patrick Forrester, who was an astronaut on the Discovery uh, 2009 mission, took up with him in his personal possessions a very small piece of um, an aeroplane flown by Jim Elliott and Nate Saint who were missionaries and became martyrs for their faith. And he did that because he wanted to highlight the need of spreading the gospel to the world by having this small piece of the gospel spinning, or, or, or symbol of the spreading of the gospel, you know, spinning around the world over and over and over again. It was great symbolism that he was um, actually producing there. I had no idea that astronauts were so spiritual. Yeah, I think uh, I think being an astronaut actually lends itself to yeah, you know must. spirituality and you know um, you know seeing seeing what is actually out there. In 2013, Jim Dutton, um, who was also a shuttle um, uh, Discovery shuttle pilot and spent a lot of time on the International Space Station, took along some light reading uh, for when he had some downtime. Among those was a copy of Dr. Walt Brown's creationist book called In the Beginning. Oh, wow. Um, and then, of course, we'll finish off with uh, Colonel Jeffrey N. Williams, who spent a huge amount of time in the International Space Station and uh, has collected a whole bunch of different badges for all the time that he sent up there. Um, <clears throat> and he wrote a whole book 
um, about creation. Mm-hmm. He said, my relationship with God does not hinge on my looking at earth from orbit and experiencing that um, small whisper. Sorry. My relationship with God does not hinge on my looking at earth from orbit and experiencing that small whisper that is so evident in creation. True life-transforming faith in God and relationship with Him is based not on a whisper, but a shout. The shout of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in His work on the cross as revealed in the supernatural revelation of the Bible. Amen. And he went on to write the book, The Work of His Hands, uh, a book all about creation and defending the, uh, you know, a, a creationist view of, uh, of our earth and our origins and, you know, understanding, you know, that it, when it comes to evolution, it's just so scientifically impossible. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world that is so perfectly attuned or tuned to life. That the chances of it existing, you know, is just—it's beyond computation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the, um, you know, the, the, the mathematical chances for life to come from nothing, from life to come from non-life, uh, which is, of course, is the foundation of evolution, which is something that has never been observed, it's never been repeated, it's never been tested. You know, it has never ever been. Um, it's never put happened. Ha- any any scientific method whatsoever at all. It is based on pure one hundred percent faith. Mm-hmm. And these guys that are traveling to outer, you know, not outer space, but are traveling to space, they're getting that unique view, and they can see it. And they are writing about it and publishing about it. And uh, you know, we could go on. There's a whole bunch uh, uh, more here um, um, about uh, yes, astronauts and their faith. This is Anders Fenson with Walk with You.
you were listening to Anders Svensson here with Walk, here with uh, Walk with You on Faith FM and Mon. Just before we go to our guest interview, a quick clue for the quiz. What city am I? This is where Abner and Joab decided to have a fighting contest between their soldiers. One eight hundred Faith FM is a number. <clears throat> if you know the answer. Okay, so a couple of days ago we had Tony Benjamin on here talking about uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Of course, he runs Voice of the Martyrs here in Australia. Gave a very interesting piece, uh, a lot of information that we'd sort of, um, you know, I think mm-hmm. are oblivious to in peaceful countries like this. Absolutely. This morning I have Etienne McClintock uh, on the phone with me and Etienne uh, travelled with Tony to Asia recently with a, a, a trip over there. And I wanted to get him on to share some of his experiences of working with Voice of the Martyrs. Etienne, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be back on Faith FM. Yes, you've been here before, so um, it's certainly good to have you back. A couple of times now, that's right. And, uh, of course, uh, for those who don't know, Etienne is a part of our sister organization, uh, 3ABN, who also run... um, uh, radio, and we of, of course have a lot of their content here on Faith FM as well. Now, Etienne, how did you first? How did you first learn about Voice of the Martyrs? I tend to get this impression that Voice of the Martyrs is not that well known. No, it's not. It's funny enough. Uh, back in the nineties, when we were living in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, I met a, a guy at church. Now, him and his wife. He was from Malaysia. And uh, we worked together for a while at Sanitarium in New Zealand. And then after about 10 years or so, he uh, made contact with me last year. And he was then working for Voice of the Martyrs. And through his connection, I ended up meeting the CEO, Tony Benjamin. And the rest is pretty much history. So after that, I actually interviewed them. I found a little bit more about martyrdom because I've been studying the prophecies. And typically as Christians, we look, well, martyrdom was something in the past. Yeah. And martyrdom is something that we're going to have to face in the future. But there's martyrdom currently around the world in more than 50 countries. And a matter of fact, there's probably around about 100 million Christians who are denied basics rights, even to being thrown in prison or having access to education or food, uh, you know, and people being tortured that, that we weren't aware of. So Voice of the Martyrs has made me aware of this. And then uh, Tony offered for me to go on a trip with him. And we ended up in Korea. Mm-hmm. And then also in in China. <laughs> okay, so um, in talking about you know these kinds of uh, you, you talk about martyrdom around the world, are we really dealing with martyrdom or just persecution in today's age? You know, in the, like in the last you know say decade or so. Yeah, look, both. I mean, look if you look at religious liberty, it's really only a fairly new concept in the West. I mean, a guy by the name of Roger Williams back in 1636 uh, established Rhode Island simply to get away from persecution. He was a Puritan, but a Baptist minister. And because he wouldn't conform to the Puritan religious standards in Massachusetts, he actually uh, started up Rhode Island to help those people who were persecuted. And that, of course, was included in the American Constitution around, what, 1787. So it's really only in the last 200 years or so that uh, religious persecution has been taken away from the West. But persecution is rife in many countries, whether they be communistic, Islamic, or even just within communities in certain countries. Sure, sure. And what kind of numbers are we talking about when we talk about martyrdom? Look, martyrdom, I couldn't give you an accurate uh, number on that. But I was recently able to interview a gentleman from, from India. He'd come over here for a uh, Voice of the Martyrs program that they ran at the end of June. And he was saying that many, many Christian leaders have been killed in India. Mm. Now, uh, 
India has got some huge challenges at the moment, and we don't really hear about it. I think about 2008, we heard some things about some, you know, clashes between uh, the Hindus and Christianity. But he says now what's happened, the thing has gone underground. Quite often when they kill someone now for being a Christian, they may call them off. Oh, this person is a witch and they'll kill them. Mm-hmm. But he, he shared some documentation with me from an organization called RSS, where they deliberately target. This is an organization that was established in 1925, which was anti-British rule. Um, a document there where they instruct the, even their doctors who are RSS um, members to uh, inject overdoses to Christian patients who are in hospitals. They are also instructed in this document to target Christian girls through youth RIS, through gang rape. Now, you've probably heard in the news over the last year or two in India the issues they've had with gang rape on yeah. young girls. Yeah. Yeah. These girls are typically Christian girls who are being targeted to take away their dignity. Wow. And the document also talks about burning all Christian literature and Christian Bibles. They have a price on the heads of Christian leaders if they kill them. There's also a price a little bit less on killing a local pastor. It's about 100,000 rupees, which in our currency is probably close to $2,000. So these people are being uh, incentivized to kill. And you know there's a lot of poverty in India. So the Hindus are killing them quite simply because Christianity actually elevates uh, humanity. If you look at the, um, the beliefs of the Hindus, they believe in a a caste system yes and the caste system is based on karma and typically what happens is the lower classes accept christianity they become educated they learn to read and write and it lifts them up but the higher caste systems are actually people are against that and so they bring about persecution of these christians saying who do you think you are to try and elevate yourself like that mm-hmm. and then they claim that the the persecution is actually because of karma because they deserve it. That's just so disgusting and insidious. So are these higher higher classes, so to speak, are they predominantly Hindus? And, you know, what is, is the government over there doing anything about this or is this something they have a right to do or is it just the Hindus, bring, you know, doing this on their own accord? Like, what is, what is going on? Well, look, a lot of this is through this volunteer movement called the RRS. It stands for something like uh, Rashtraya Seva Singh. I'm doing the short version of it. Sure. But look, amongst all the government organizations, I think so there are 29 areas. Out of those, 22 areas are controlled by Hindu uh, leaders. And uh, the uh, elections coming up very shortly, the regional elections are very important. If they can win a majority there, they actually want to change the constitution and take India, which is actually a secular government, and the constitution is secular, and they want to make it a Hindu government. And of course, uh, then persecution will become more official. Mm, It always does. Uh, Whenever you get a union of church and state or a religion and state together, you always get persecution. Absolutely, you do. That's right. And we we find the same even in, in secular countries like North Korea. I mean, North Korea is supposed to be communistic, but they worship the emperor. He's regarded as a supreme leader. And when Tony and myself were able to interview some of the people and we asked them about, you know, if there's any religion whatsoever in North Korea, they said to us, no, there's no, there's no religion there. So, but what about the emperor? Don't they worship the emperor? They go, yes. I said, well, isn't that a religion? They go, no. So they had so been indoctrinated against religion, they didn't realize they were actually practicing religion by their high regard for their supreme leader. Oh wow! Just in regards to the people you interviewed in North Korea, do you, do you think that they always gave you um, their honest answer, what they really thought, or do you think perhaps they were too scared to tell you the truth, um, and that they maybe told you what they were supposed to tell you? Did you ever get the feeling that that was what was going on? 
Look, they are circumspect. They are very careful of what they say. But once trust and rapport develop, and obviously Tony has, uh, has got that now with the people he's met, they are more open in regards to what they share. Um, we, for example, we went to a top-secret government facility. I got the name of this facility, and I went on Google Maps trying to find it leading up to our trip. I couldn't find it anywhere, and it's not until we were actually traveling there on the Sunday morning that the people said to me, look, it's not on the map. It's top-secret. So... Through Tony's contact and Voice of the Martyrs and Career, we were able to go to areas where your average person wouldn't go. We were able to meet with people who are Christians who have been persecuted in North Korea. Matter of fact, we met a man there who became a Christian because he to survive, because, I mean, the, the, the economic conditions are so dire in North Korea, to survive, he was smuggling food across the border with, like, pine, pine nuts and also herbs to make a living. When he was going across the border into China, he actually uh, met a Christian pastor there, a Pastor Han, and he became a Christian because of that. Now, Pastor Han was actually uh, murdered. He was martyred for his faith two years ago. They stabbed him in the head seven times. They cut mm. his artery in his neck. And subsequent to that, the, the, the church has been suffering there because no one has been uh, game enough to step up and fill that vacancy left by him. Now, he was a dear friend of the directors of Voice of the Martyrs in Korea. But even the voices of the Martyrs Korea have had death threats. As a matter of fact, they are on the number two and number three hit list for the North Korean government because North Korea are so upset with what they're doing because they're getting Bibles into, into North Korea through a number of means. And there was a recent attempt on, uh, on the wife of the uh, director, so the, the, the lady partner, on her life just very recently. Now, these people are remarkable people. Uh, their slogan, basically, and I read heard this while I was in North Korea with Tony, sorry, in South Korea with Tony, this slogan is always be ready to preach, to pray, or to die. Wow. So That's phenomenal, right? That this is real Christianity right here. This is, this is, this is a like, different this kind is, of Christianity than what we ever experience in this country. Absolutely. This is raw Christianity. And as Tony says, then he comes back and he sees nominal Christianity here in, in, in the West. Mm. And he says he really struggles with that, you know. Um, not often we read things in the Bible and they just don't make any sense to us. For example, Paul in Acts chapter 14, after he uh, finishes his first missionary journey with Barnabas, as he's coming back, he's goes to strengthen the churches and he, and he says that we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, we read that in the West and go, what tribulations? Is it because I might have social problems or I might have relationship problems? Oh, my Wi-Fi's or not working. Problems? <laughs> no. I mean, Paul had been, he had been, um, he'd been persecuted almost martyred because they stoned him in one of the towns there and left him for dead, but the Lord didn't sustain him and he was able to get up. So he knew what he was talking about in regards to persecution. Mm, and absolutely. the church the church in these other countries, over 50 countries in the world, knows what it means to be persecuted. They know what it means to be naked. I mean, some of them are stripped. In India, for example, they strip people now if they find that you are a um, an evangelist or a pastor – they will strip you of your clothes in public, and I've got photos. I've seen photos when uh, this friend, I'll, I'll call him Gokhal, that's not his name, from India when I interviewed him through Voice of the Martyrs, where this pastor and his wife were stripped naked in the public square to embarrass them and also to be a deterrent for anybody to, to accept the Christian religion. Mm, mm. That's just shocking. Etienne, yeah. we only have about three and a half minutes left. I want to ask you before we start running out of time, how is it that people like Lyle and I and our listeners, how can we help? Like, how can we get on board with Voice of the Martyrs? Is there somewhere where we can go? Can we donate? Can we? I mean, I, I yes, think a lot of us a- might be too scared to actually go to North Korea, but how is a way that we can help out with Voice of the Martyrs? 
Okay, well, the first thing you could do is probably go to uh, their website, which is vom.com.au, and you can sign up there for their newsletters. And if you want to support them financially, you can also donate there. But they have like a weekly prayer request list that comes out. There's one that came out last night, for example, just talking about the lady, the Chibok school girls who were abducted. You know, there were 276 girls abducted Mm -hmm. in 2014. There's still 105 of them still with Boko Haram. There's one lady called Leah Shibaru. She has not been released because she was the only Christian amongst those taken from that area that refused to renounce Christ and become a a convert to Islam. Mm -hmm. But we can also, we do deputations. I've got a number of places now where I've been given preaching opportunities around our region, even into Melbourne and South Australia and even WA, where people want to hear more about this. And uh, I just last weekend preached at, uh, at Lyle's Church. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to have you out there as well. I wasn't, unfortunately, there because we were down in Sydney, but um, the people really, really enjoyed having you um, <coughs> out, at, uh, out at Maitland. Now, Esther, I do want yeah. to just quickly point something out to our listeners. I um, actually jumped on their website earlier this week when we had Brother Benjamin uh, interviewed um, earlier, and I noticed there's a really sweet thing that Voice of the Martyrs provides, and it's an opportunity to write to um, people who have been in prison. So you can write to, like I think it's predominantly pastors who are in prison around the world. You can actually get uh, the details off the website and write directly to them. Is that correct in my understanding? Uh, look, I believe so. I, I, just the, 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 your voice is a little bit muffled, but I think I got the gist of what you're saying. Yes, by all means. I mean, all that information is available on their website, and uh, I mean, we can we can support them through prayers, uh, financial support, and of course, if you can write some letters to these people to encourage them. There's some people in dire straits around the world, and we don't even know about it. The news doesn't even touch on it. Because the news is secular in nature. You mentioned so earlier when, when we were just having a conversation together that a lot of what is reported on the news will talk about protesters um, or you know dissidents or so forth, but often these are Christians who are calling for religious liberty and freedom. That's right. They called uh, you know they called political activists or you know anti-government activists, but quite often these are peaceful people with peaceful protests asking for religious freedom, and then they are either thrown in prison or whatever's happened. But they're actually Christians. This is, a, this is a religious issue. It's a Christian issue and persecution against Christians. But the, 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 the news doesn't pick up on that. Just mm. like I mentioned, the, rape, the, the gang rape cases in India. Most of the time, those gang rape cases are against Christian girls so they can, um, what they call, humble themselves, um, humble them. Mm-hmm. But they target it because they're Christian. Yeah. Etienne, it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And that was Etienne McClintock, who's just got back from a trip to China and Korea with Voice of the Martyrs, sharing some reflections on that particular ministry. And we're going to put their details up on our uh, Facebook page and on our other social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, and so forth, so that you can um, learn more about it. This is Carly Fletcher with Yes, He Is. Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Did you know that God loves you? Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. He would give his life for you. He did.
Mine, Faith FM, is 10 years old. No way. Can I invite my friends? Invite them all. Just RSVP on the Facebook event or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM for more info. That's 1-800-324-843. We'll see you there. It must have been so long 
by my side We were building kingdoms and chasing dreams and left love behind I'm praying God will help our broken hearts align And we won't give up the fight It's gonna take much more than promises this time God can change our mind Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete Could we just be broken together? If you can bring your shattered dreams